Yeah, you gotta get your Popeye on. Like, mm -hmm. da -da 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 -da. <laughs> dump a <laughs> bunch of vodka in my pipe. <laughs> While you squeeze a can of white claw, white claw, and it goes up in the air like a fountain, and then you catch it all in my mouth. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna start practicing that as soon as we get done recording. We went down the rivers, we crossed the plains, over the mountains, we fought in streams. We went west. We trapped, we mined, we carved our names with guns and axes. We sought our fame. Our destiny was manifest. And God helped those who stood in the way of business, progress, and the USA. USA. Have you ever heard of the Scots magazine? No. The Scots? The Scots it's... magazine. No. It, it purports... Toilet paper? It, it, no, it, it's, that'd be cooler, but no, it purports to be the world's longest... Um, longest running like, periodical? Right. right. So it was originally published in uh, 1739. <laughs> so that's pretty old. Fuck. You know, but at the same time, looking at the Wikipedia... Thing about it and like yeah it like would go out of circulation and then somebody would start it back up under that name so they claim <laughs> okay. that they're they claim that they're continuously published is pretty fucking not true yeah but, you know that's still a pretty old um lineage to go back yeah uh, pretty amazing long bloodline but it's it, ostensibly if like you know burger king went out of business and then like mcdonald's bought it up and yeah. kept the burger king sign Right. But I'm talking, you know, like, uh, they was reading about, uh, yeah, they basically, they reported on, I uh, can't remember, you know, the the, Jack, the Jacobites, you know, the British and Scottish shits. But, is that like, uh, is that like, like a Cenobite from fucking that, England? That'd be fucking cooler. No, there's a lot more powdery wigs involved and less nails sticking out of the head. <laughs> um, but, you know, they talk about, like, they covered, like, the Napoleonic Wars. So that's, that's an old, old God ass damn. magazine. Yeah. But uh, I found out about that from, like, researching a thing that we're going to talk about later. Yeah. And I also now want to go back and find old articles from 1742 or whatever if, the fuck. If they have them, like, archived, that would be the shit. Mm -hmm. probably, you probably wouldn't even be able to read them. It's like a totally well, different language. Spoiler alert, I'm going to read you excerpts from one. <laughs> like, in a little bit here. <laughs> Sweet. Um, but, uh... uh Actually, why don't we why don't we start kind of angling that way anyway? So, uh, welcome back to how the West was fucked. This is uh, meant to be kind of a holiday edition. Every time I, we do one of these, bark, 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 how the West was fucked. There you go. <laughs> every time, every time we do one of these holiday things, and I keep on acting like we're a fucking radio show, so it's happening real time, which of course it doesn't. And you list, you know, you can listen to the Halloween one on July third. Who the fuck knows? But I don't know. For some reason, it always feels appropriate to try to do holiday ones, even though there's actually no rhyme or reason to it. Sure, yeah. But you know, we thought about doing that kind of shit last year, and I was like furiously googling, um, just googling the shit out of like Old West Christmas, and it'd either be like Modern Ranch Wife magazine, like. Oh, make a shitty Santa Claus with cowboy boots and serve chili for your Christmas. You know, some kind of horse <laughs> shit like that. 
or it was like, you know, oh, people would go to church and then give their kids an orange and then go back to work because they didn't really, you know, celebrate any kind of shit. Like all this. You've been reading my diary, my childhood diary? Pretty much there, fucking Tiny Tim. Uh, <laughs> so I never found anything good like that. And I was kind of looking for, well, except for like the uh, the obvious, which we'll do one of these times. But you know, you always kind of want to do like the Donner Party. You want to talk about Christmas dinner. Christmas Donner feast, yeah. Good. Totally. Yeah, because there's cold, cold, cold and snow and, you know, chestnuts and Billy Chest- Bob's nuts roasting on open fire. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But we'll just do we'll do one of those one day. But um, I don't know I started like this year trying to pull some stuff out of my ass, and it's, you know not really necessarily holiday related, but at least um, cold and s- snow, okay, kind of related more or less. And I don't know what what exactly Will grabbed. I, he was bouncing some ideas, so I don't know if he. Well, got why don't anything. you go first, and I'll be middle, and then you can go last again. You have two stories, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. and they're they're kind of uh gonna be one of these uh free-flowing kind of exchange of ideas shit because as you know i don't take notes because if i take notes i can't fucking read them anyway so i kind of got to go off memory i like reread the same articles like five times and we're trying to go off memory but then to get dates and shit i tried to take notes so we'll see how this fucking shit goes but uh so like okay i was talking about that scott's uh scott's magazine right yeah and so the reason why i found out about it is it kind of went down a rabbit hole. Um, we've talked about this cat before, uh, uh, David Thompson. He was a British explorer that kind of went all the way the fuck across Canada. I think I think he actually beat Lewis and Clark, basically. Mm-hmm. Yep. And uh, he's the guy that set up the sign like that when the, the Astoria party got to like the Columbia Basin. It's like, bitch, this shit's owned by Britain. He's like literally the dude that left that sign. <laughs> so uh, but so this, this motherfucker was like, you know, he worked for Hudson's Bay Company and he worked for Northwest Company and he was a map maker kind of dude for him. And so, you know, I I, I, I know we, we kind of have talked about doing an episode about him in total before, but I don't think we ever have. I know we've mentioned him sometimes. But this way is you get to read some of his shit. And I came across a thing where he is talking about, um, and people are kind of like, oh, what's some interesting shit you saw when you're out traipsing around like a dickhead across the entire <laughs> Canadian... Direct you quote. Know, thing. Yeah. Because he, he, remember, remember when we break up the guy Cuckoo Sint? This is Cuckoo Sint, which is the, I think means like the star looker guy. I know we uh, brought it before. This kind of rings a bell. Yeah. It, I mean, we did it, I think, season one. We yeah, it was a long, about long time Very ago. briefly. Yeah. But this is that Cuckoo Sint guy because you can't, I mean, how is that not a fun name to say? Yeah, Cuckoo right. Sint. But either which way, so, you know, it's kind of in the waning days of his career and shit. People are asking him about cool shit he saw, and uh, he's talking about, like, one time they were out, you know, traipsing around in the woods, and they came across big-ass tracks, but he's, he said, like, it was big enough, like, you could fit, like, two feet in it, and the, the guides kept on um, trying to tell him it was from a mammoth. Sick. And he was like, you mean, like, a hairy elephant? I, well, I, they might not even know they were hairy at that time, but they did, they were aware that they were extinct, or... Possibly extinct elephants because not only a lot of people believed in extinction back then, because because baby Jesus and, and the Lord would, <laughs> he'd never let would, anything bad happen. Would, exactly, wouldn't yeah. let his creations die out. That was exactly. a believed thing, yep. which is why they'd go like <laughs> whale all the whales and shoot every spotted owl and kill all the passenger pigeons and all that kind of shit. 
But either which way, he's more like, you know, he's a pretty studious guy, and he's like, um, these actually look like bear tracks from, like, maybe an old bear where the claws are worn down, right? Yeah. And so he didn't buy into their shit. But that just got me, reading that got me thinking about, ooh, mammoths, you know? That's a nice, snowy, scary, and how cool would it be if you, like, um, because there's even myths of people finding them in, like, up to, like, the 70s in, like, Siberia and shit. Like, oh, I was just jerking off in the woods in Siberia, and I looked up, and there was mammoths. <laughs> That's how you catch a mammoth. You gotta which whip is, that dick out. Well, which is absolute <laughs> horse shit, you know, because, I mean... Well, yeah, because it break you, off, it's so cold. Well, I'm just mm-hmm. saying you'd be able to see the fuckers, like, you, we'd have found them on Google Earth by now. Yeah. You know, it's it's totally. a large fucking... Animal. I mean, you, you see, you can see, like, herds of camels and elephants and shit sometimes on Google Earth if you find one, you know, where it goes. So you're not gonna hide some big brown fucking thing in snow... Unless they just don't ever Google Earth Siberia that much, which I guess maybe they don't. I don't know. Well, they're trying but, to fucking hide the truth, dude. Right. But it doesn't matter because you do know that they find, like, frozen ones and shit on mm-hmm. occasion. And I don't know. I've, I know I talk about it sometimes, but it led me to the thing where, um, like, people supposedly eat them. I heard that. Like, right. Some, some people would pay, like, you know, 10 grand a plate or whatever. Right. And they um, thaw they, out some old ass woolly mammoth. Well, they did one, I think, and it was, like, 18... Uh, it's like, the, the middle, like, 1800s, because they found one in, like, um, supposedly, I, like, had big, like, Flintstone-sized slabs. I thought I thought this meat. was, like, current shit. There was some current one. Like, um, oh, Explorer, Explorers Club did one, uh, supposedly. But as it turns out, I could find no... Like, basically, every time I've seen one of those, like, uh, supposed meals, it was a hoax. Like right. the one they they did DNA testing on the ones that was I think it was for the Explorers Club, and weirdly it wasn't like beef or horse or something, it was it was shown to be sea turtle, so that is at least weird. <laughs> but is that any better? I also how I I don't know man I'm, I picture like sea turtle. That also I guess. S- well, it also seems like a big pain in the ass to go fucking round up a bunch of sea turtles. Right, and also, I don't know why, but I somehow picture, like, sea turtle meat being, like, the other, other, other white meat. And I don't sure, think it would yeah. look a lot like Pleistocene elephant meat. Yeah. But it's probably going to have a taste. It's like nothing you've ever tasted before, so you're like, oh, so that's what this shit Maybe, maybe that's what like. they were going for, some sh- giving some shit they never even had. Yeah, but it's just, it's so fucking weird. It's like, haha, we're going to tell these idiots they're eating mammoth, but we're actually going to feed them sea turtles. It's such a bizarre workaround. Also, if if I was going to go back in time and eat woolly mammoth, like, it definitely wouldn't be in the 1800s. Some fucking dude with, like, lice under his fingernails and, like, you know, hat, like, you either, it's either totally charred, like, black and unedible, or fucking, like, raw in the middle that's freezer burnt fucking gross ass steak well and that's kind of where i'm getting to is there have been some scientists there's been no evidence of people actually like eating it at fancy dinners like we hear about yeah you know but there are scientists that have tried to cook some of it and they're like just when you as soon as you heat it okay basically you know what saponification is no it'll happen to you uh it happens to bodies a lot of times in the absence of a lot of oxygen so like I think they found a body up in Crescent Lake up there. Oh, wow. Uh, you know, up by, uh, a few years back. And, you know, since that lake is cold and relatively deep and clear and it's got just minerals in it, well, a body will just sit under there. But there's chemical reaction that takes place where your body basically starts converting itself into soap. For lack of a better term, your, your fat kind of 
not really congeals, but you know, there's this chemical reaction that happens, and it slowly gets soap-like. Now, ancient peoples found their clothes got cleaner when they washed them at a certain point in the river. Do you know why? No. It's human sacrifices were once made on the hills above this river. Bodies burnt, water seeped through the wood and ashes to create lye. This is lye, the crucial ingredient. Once it mixed with the melted fat of the bodies, a thick white soapy discharge crept into the river. That's your hand, please. I've seen fucking Fight Club, dude. Yeah, well, <laughs> fucking yeah, the documentary Fight Club. <laughs> but uh, but anyways, way uh, a lot of these frogs and mammoths, their fat tissue does that too, and it's described as uh, like it has a different name, but they're describing it as like the fat congeals and kind of looks like rancid cottage cheese, and just <laughs> and just reeks reeks like a corpse. So uh. you know, you're, you're gonna notice that one pouring off your. Your, your, your fucking mammoth prime rib, you know. So, yeah, that was just, some shit I always thought was, it just sounds like bullshit. Like, you're not going to yeah. thaw out a thing from fucking, you know, 100,000 years ago and, and go ahead and take a bite. Well, that's the other thing they said is when you try to heat the actual flesh, even say you trim away that nasty fat, the flesh itself is so freezer burned, basically, yeah. that all the cell walls are broken out. So as soon as it's not frozen anymore, it melts like a fucking gremlin. Yeah. You know, it just <laughs> is like... This black, viscous, just corpse-smelling shit. Oh, Jesus you know? Christ. Put that in your <laughs> but, chalupa. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, see, like, studying studying all this mammoth-eating shit, though, what's fun is you do come across some stuff. Um, it's it's slightly after Cuckoo said. It was, um, oh, it's quite a bit after. So it's 1877 to 89. It's this guy, Colonel, Colonel Fowler that lived in Alaska, and he reports, like, literally, I mean, they still do actually find just uh, enough, like, mammoth's tusks, because you know how ivory trade is, right? Like, it's controlled. You're not right. supposed to have elephant ivory. Um, as far as I know, there's no such restriction on that on um, things that are already extinct. So if you find a mammoth tusk that's not completely fossilized, guess what? You've got 300 pounds of ivory. Is it? That is, like... So is a mammoth tusk, like... Like discernible from an elephant tusk? Yeah, they're much longer. Well, I mean, whether the adult says they're longer and way more curved. Oh yeah. And also, you'd carbon date it, and it's like ten thousand oh, years that, old. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and they're probably not going to be milky white anymore. They're sure. going to be discolored, but it's still fucking ivory, right? And I'd as far use as it I know, for some pornographic scrimshaw or something. Of course you would. <laughs> well, walrus tusk would be easier, I suppose, but. But either way, like that's what like natives up in Alaska will occasionally dig them up, and they'll do ivory carvings in them and shit like that, because they're just you go down the rivers and there's just tusks like sometimes falling out of the out of the riverbank. Damn. You know, well, but this guy's talking about uh, going up to a biz, uh, an Indian village, and he's going to trade for ivory. Um, he said the the chief of the village is Tutlitima. But uh, he's like, okay, cool. You want to buy ivory? We got a shitload. Uh, he said there's over over several thousand pounds of it, kind of stacked up like cordwood, like out back behind the village, like Jeez. their own lumberyard, or just <laughs> just fucking tusks, you know. Whoa. But then as they're looking through the tusks, he's finding some that have like blood and like partly decomposed flesh on the tusk, and he's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. He's like, where did you dig this out of? Or was there? And they're like, oh no. We had some guys kill that one. Like they, we, some of our people killed two of them last week. And that's a f- fresh one. And, and this is the 1870s. In 18, yeah, somewhere in there. And the, he, he's like, "That's not likely," you know. <laughs> like, yeah. 
But so the chief's like, cool, you don't believe me. Talk to the guy that went, you know, the leader of the hunting party that killed this shit. And basically this guy uh, describes, um, they actually call him Big Teeth, you know, that they found a bunch of them drinking uh, a mile higher than they uh, had found some, they had found some footprints and shit first that apparently two guys could stand in side by side and all that shit. They kind of trailed them and apparently came across this Jurassic Park looking shit. Where they're just, Dude. oh, look, big hairy elephants. And apparently one of them attacked them. Um, oh, so it was self-defense. So, and so they lit it up with muskets. Stand but your these, ground. But here's here's where it gets weird. Is he's talking about that this thing was like 20 feet tall. You know? Or, oh, uh, wait. Yeah. According to his description, it was at least 20 feet in height and 30 feet in length. That's bigger than a normal That's, woolly well, mammoth. And woolly mammoths were smaller than normal elephants. Columbia really? mammoths were bigger, steppe mammoths were bigger, but woolly mammoths were slightly smaller than an Asian elephant. But the uh, but the tusks were bigger? Yes. Crazy. Oh, yeah. But uh, either which way, it's more or less a description of a, of a mammoth, only way too big. And then here's the problem. He says it had they had six tusks. They had uh, uh, tusks were yellowish white and uh, six in number. Four of those were placed like on a as on a boar mm-hmm. okay that's not a thing that happens but it does happen in skyrim the mammoths in there have four tusks so you but tell this, me the mammoths in skyrim are real no I, I don't know but yeah uh apparently though that he's saying the tusks were only four feet long on these which on a woolly mammoth they're more like 12 you know they're like if you'd straighten them out they're they're way bigger so Damn. I don't know I don't know what to think about this whole shit because he's like I had no real proof other than the tusks are showing me and he's like I kind of believe these Native Americans but also this doesn't sound like any kind of creature I've ever fucking seen and where this was in Alaska is in Alaska uh, and I apparently think the Inuit were just fucking with Whitey that's what I think too <laughs> it's like yeah they they were digging shit out of the permafrost and be like hey they'll give us more money if we you know. I don't know, or, or just, yeah, let's fuck with these guys. Yeah, but totally. It's still just a, a cool, kind of a cool story, I think. And, and well, and they describe it, even the colors right, because, you know, Wooly Mammoth has kind of red, reddish-brown fur. So they got everything right except for the exaggerated size and six tusks. The thing is, Mammoth only have two tusks, but also in their head, they only have four teeth. They have a, a molar on top, or a molar on either side of the top, and molar on either side of the bottom, and they're just one big fucking molar. Whoa. So they technically do only have six teeth, which the tusk is just a modified tooth. Right. So maybe something was fucked up in translation, too? Because, you know, I, I don't know, it's, it's it's always, you know, you know how, how I like prehistoric shit. Mm-hmm. It's it just really cool, because we brought it up before, like Thomas Jefferson... When he sent Lewis and Clark out, he full-on expected them to do shit like find living mastodons and mammoths. Right, he figured, yeah, yeah. He figured that shit would still be out there. And the fact that, um, and this isn't the only um, kind of uh, account I've seen, but it's kind of the most, like, recentish and kind of most plausible, so it, it, I just think it's dope. But uh, remember when I, before when I was talking about the Scots magazine, uh, basically... I'm getting this information from, like, a guy's blog. I should probably note the blog. So, Beachcombing Bizarre History Blog. And it's P. 
he published it in 2014. So it's it's been out there for a while. But this is where um, somebody's trying to find more proof of these, and that's where we get into the fucking Scots Magazine thing. Okay. And so the Scots Magazine shit is nuts, because like I said... Are you about to read a chunk out of it? I'm about to read some chunks out of it. When uh, What era is it from? It uh, is from 1818. Oh, shit. So it's, it's 10 years kind of after the... Or a little more than 10 years after the Cuckoo Scent one, but way before the one I just right. talked about with a lumberyard of of shit. Um, so I'm not going to... Well, just to give you an idea how what a fucking up-his-own-ass jackass the guy writing to the paper is. Mr. Editor, the following short notice relative to what seems to me to be a subject of no slight interest may probably be deemed worthy of insertion, either among your customary memoranda of natural history or in some vacant corner of your instructive miscellany. That is the first sentence. That's one <laughs> run-the-fuck-on <laughs> sentence. <laughs> What okay. the fuck? What does it mean in plain English, though? I kind of uh, glazed over three words in. Here's here's what it is. It's like, I, basically, I'm going to give you a short description of something I find that would be of interest to your readers that like to read about nature. Like, oh, okay. Basically, hey, when you write about normal nature, I have found something that might be of interest to them, but it's kind of unusual, so hold on to your ass, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. But he goes on to, for some reason... Starts out with, um, you know that specimens of what have been denominated the wool-bearing animal have lately been transmitted from the Rocky Mountains of North America to the professor of natural history in the same. Here's what he's describing. Uh, it's like an animal that's half antelope and half goat, and it has nice fleece, and it lives high up in the mountains. So it's very clearly a mountain goat. Yes. And he's talking about, he's talking about recently some Jagos must have sent a specimen of dead mountain goat to the... Natural History Museum in Edinburgh or wherever the fuck they are. So he's like starting out talking about mountain goats. And then he's just using that to preface that is like, but if you thought the white goat wasn't crazy enough, I've been hearing about these 30-foot doll. Well, this, this part I'll do in full on his, his thing. Um, I received from the same individuals the most positive assurances of the existence of another animal among the same mountains of immense size and equally unknown, certainly to the naturalists of Europe. So the same people that are telling him about mountain goats and saying this shit are saying there's a big animal. The party first came suddenly upon the animal in a deep and formerly unvisited recess. So they found it in a fucking hole. <laughs> And were so alarmed at its prodigious size, exceeding that of the largest elephant, and at its unknown aspect, that they immediately retreated in great consternation to the encampment from which they had been dispatched. That is the longest sentence ever said, seen to say, they got afraid and ran back to camp. <laughs> yeah, totally. Ooh, the consternation. Uh, yeah, oh, consternation, you know. And then, so they basically, uh, they sent out another party because they thought they were full of shit. So they ran into camp, kicking and screaming about, oh, monsters! And they're, the other guys are here full of shit and go up and try to track it. And they didn't see the animal. But um, they said, um, Each compartment of its hoof is stated to admit in both feet of the travelers. So I first of all love it. It's got a hoof. <laughs> and it, it, it makes it sure that, because the dear reader might be like, oh, that sounds like a, it could be a buffalo or something. And he's yeah. like, It ought to be observed that these parties were perfectly familiar with the appearance of the buffalo, which he indeed were in the daily habit of killing. Which just sounds great. Just every day killing buffalo. Gotta, you gotta. Yeah. 
And the animal they, which they saw cannot therefore be regarded as an individual of that tribe, meaning the buffalo. Right. Okay. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ, man. Like I said, this guy's up his own ass so much with his flowery bullshit. But um, but either which way, then he's like, um, you will also be aware that the existence of such an animal, if well ascertained, would be one of the most interesting facts which it is possible in our present state of knowledge to acquire. And if the ornithorhynchus or any small prowler of the lakes of New Holland is beheld with wonder and preserved with care... With what overpowering amazement should we contemplate the image of a quadruped surpassing, according to our present accounts, the largest and most formidable, that either browse in silence beneath our primeval forests or roam unmolested in the deep valleys of the hottest, least frequented regions of the globe and the extensive station of which would go so far as illustrating some darkest patches in the history of Earth? Also one sentence. <laughs> also one fucking sentence. And I had to that look whole thing up what, was one fucking sentence. That was one fucking <laughs> sentence, and I'm like, you know, and I'm like, what the fuck is ornithorhynchus? Because I know ornitho means bird or mm. bird-like. What the fuck is rhynchus? Well, as it turns out, it's the Latin name for platypus. So basically, he's throwing shade at the platypus and saying, <laughs> oh, "Don't talk shit about the platypus. It, that fucker will kill you it, cold." Well, he's like, if you think this stupid duck beaver thing. Is interesting to look at and his merits preservation. Right, wouldn't you it ain't be seen even nothing yet. even cooler if we found a giant thing that I mean that's the whole thing. Rome unmolested in their Jesus Christ, it's the fucker Jabberwocky. But um, yeah, he's basically like you know if you think the platypus is cool, hold on to your tits because if we find this thing, you're gonna lose your shit. You know, is basically the Fuck, whole thing, man. And so that. Um, See, the guy that wrote this, he just signs it P, first of all, and he's from Edinburgh, and also um, he says, he does state that, hey, I haven't seen these things with my own eyes, but I had two guys I know from Hudson's Bay Company tell me about them. Oh, shit. So a friend of a friend gave a telephone kind of shit. Is Elvis alive? Judge for yourself by calling the 900 number on your television screen. Hear what could be the incredible Elvis phone call. Listen to the newest and longest recording ever, just released from the original taped conversation purportedly of Elvis recorded about four years after the 16th of August, 1977. Call 1-900-909-ELVIS. Call now. Experience what may be the most shocking story of our time. Elvis is alive, man! Right. No, I don't so, have any proof, but I have it on good authority. So, of course, everybody's like, yeah, sure, you know, but... Uh, later on, I believe in the same year, another uh, letter gets sent into the Scots magazine. Um, this one not as douchebaggy <laughs> as the other one. Um, but he uh, uh, basically, talking about in 1803, he was a sergeant in the service of Hudson Bay Company and um, was there with a guy named Lewis and it wasn't like Mary, not Mary Lewis, it, Well, it's spelled like the French way, not the L Louis. E -W. So it's Louis. Yeah. yeah. But either way, um, about a fortnight after being sent across the river, the name of which I do not now recollect. Hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I just don't remember which river. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> the guide and myself suddenly came upon an animal of enormous size. It appeared about 20 feet in height. So we're back to 20 feet in height, which okay. is weird. It had a very heavy and unwieldy appearance. 
can give but a very lame account of it on account of consternation into which I was thrown. Basically, I was scared shitless. And so I didn't like hang around to. Wouldn't like, that be a state of constipation? It. Yeah, probably. <laughs> well, the op- quite quite the opposite, actually. Well, shitless if could mean sh- you can't take a shit without uh, without shit. I, to me, it'd be like shitless would mean your body has voided itself of all the shit in probably a, what is a violent and rapid fashion. Would be shitless, like yeah. like squeeze, squeezing out a uh, tube of toothpaste while stomping on it. Yeah, totally. Um, but either which way. So um, basically, uh, he says the largest of its belly was enormous, nearly touched the ground. Its color was a dirty black, which we know is not mammoth anyway. And then we're going back to the two foot square feet. And he makes a note that it doesn't have a cloven hoof like a bison. Okay. So he found doing this walk. basically uh, uh, fucking William Taft. uh Fucked a black bear, and their offspring was like walking around the forest. It, it pretty much sounds Escaped like from it. the laboratory. And then he claims he made a picture of it and gave it to Mister Lewis. So I'm just picturing made some, a picture of it. Yeah, like like drew a picture. So I'm picturing like <laughs> so like so, true. like your daughter drawing a, a monster and then yeah. giving it to your boss <laughs> as proof. Well, first of all, he calls him, like, you know, basically he's like, yeah, I'm telling you this story, and don't worry, I also told, like, my priest about it, so, you, you know, it's it's true. Because I, <laughs> I didn't get struck by lightning or catch on fire at all when I said it to uh, Yeah, the and then he also, he also, like, references the letter of the guy that's up his own ass. It's like, and, you know, it sounds a lot like what that other guy's saying, so I'm, I'm saying his is probably true, too. So trust this dickhead that wrote a page and a half, to, you know... <laughs> A page and a half sentence, and that guy, uh, and that guy was named uh, T- uh, Thomas. Or, well, he says, "I remain your obedient service servant, Thomas Pollock." Okay, so at least we have that guy's full last name. Fuck, I'm gonna so, start ending every email that way. So, he, yeah, your obedient servant is just a weird <laughs> kind of. I mean, they did that. Sh- they they say that a lot, but yeah, it's kind of gross. Yeah, yeah. Or not really gross. I mean, I'm not trying to to kink shame anybody or. But either which way, here's the thing. So we got that guy's actual name, right? And so since you have the name, uh, and since he said he worked for Hudson's Bay Company, well, Hudson Bay Company is still a company, and they have records of all their people. Mm-hmm. And apparently the guy that wrote this blog looked up uh, if they could find Mr. Thomas Pollock or Mr. Lewis in the Hudson Bay Registry and could not find it. Now, like I said, this blog mm-hmm. was written in 2014, and it was explained to the writer of the blog that not all... The uh, Hudson's Bay records, even though they have them, not all of them have been transcribed onto the computer yet. Oh. So just because you can't look up this guy in 2014 doesn't mean you can't look it up today. And I was going to do that, and I fucking ran out of time and forgot. So <laughs> so if you want to like scout it out more, I guess look for um, Thomas Pollock at the HBC. Well, they got to have like a lot of fucking records. Oh, just because- everything. Just, just the one I read on Puget Sound is just laden with way too many facts and, and statistics of just bullshit. It's like we had three pigs this last spring. Right, now we have four. It's like ah, exciting. Well, <laughs> let, let's think. Let's think about it. Astoria, you know, and when they when they're coming over on the Tonkin, how many like clerks did they take with them? There's like two mountain men and like eighteen clerks because they'd be mm-hmm. writing down all the. Oh, 486 beaver and, you know, two boxes billy hospitals. Yeah. So yeah. those they got all these fucking nerds out there 
with giant books writing, writing down, down all the facts. So, yeah. Um, I just looked. I did a quick search on the the phrase "your obedient servant," and apparently uh, it was like <laughs> a really like it was like sincerely yours. Jake Johnson or whatever. Like, it's what people wrote at the end of a letter. It was very popular, uh, and it was so popular that someone wrote a song called Your Obedient Servant. Uh, oh, <laughs> I, the fucking lyrics are insane. I just, the top of them. Record, recorded by Ryan Adams? I guess, dude. But it, I thought it would be like a love song or something, but it's like, uh, how does Hamilton, an arrogant immigrant, Immigrant, orphan, bastard, whore's son somehow endorsed Thomas Jefferson, his enemy, a man he's despised since the beginning just to keep from winning. I want to be in the room where it happens. The room where it happens, the room where it happens. It goes on from there, but it's called Your Obedient Servant. What the fuck? We need to cover that. <laughs> no shit. <laughs> that, that oh, sounds... oh, oh, You know what? This is uh, from fucking... Yeah, from, Ham from, from Hamilton. From Hamilton. Yeah, it okay. is, yeah. Yeah, Lin-Manuel oh. Miranda. Okay, and, Le and well, Leslie Odom. Okay, that makes sense. Go. That makes more sense. I was like, those lyrics are fucking fire, dude. Like that yeah, can't be from the eighteen hundreds. If, if it's an actual period piece, it'd yeah. be like, holy shit. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> I guess I need to watch Hamilton, huh? Yeah, I've I actually haven't seen it either. I guess that's that's the moral of the story about possible living um, mammoths is go watch Hamilton. Go watch that's, Hamilton, I, everybody. I, I heard I it's really that, good. I didn't think that's where we were going to end up, but that's where we find ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Merry fucking Christmas. How the West was fucked will be right back. Reindeer beer, reindeer beer, we're made from reindeer. They are just domesticated caribou. Reindeer beer. Reindeer beer, it's not reindeer beer. Reindeer beer, it may from them, from all reindeer beer. Is that confusing? Maybe so, but who else gives a fuck? I still drink it by the bottle or a zippy cup. found this under what the my sink. froze. I got a box of wine from like fucking four years ago. <laughs> Ooh, aged to perfection. I the the <laughs> what's your beer covered in today game has finally like <coughs> turned into like what liquor did I find at my house today? Yeah. Cause la well, there was a fucking bottle of wine that one time. There was like mm -hmm. uh you said you found a bottle of bourbon too? Yeah I found a bottle of a bottle of Jim Beam that I bought for camping oh like two years ago. <laughs> Like it was, you know, it was about a quarter of it was gone, but like that was a nice find. Fucking a. All right, Will. Uh, I know you were sending me, you were bouncing some ideas off me, and I'm excited to learn what you ended up uh, preparing for this week. I picked something from the North Woods of Minnesota. Ooh, oh, yeah. even though that's a little bit too east for us, but uh, the Windigo. We're flexible. Oh, awesome. Ooh, sweet. Hit us with those sweet, sweet comic sands. I know about the Windigo <laughs> because in uh, uh, Fallout 76, they've got like mutated Windigos that'll come kick your ass. Mm. Mutated Windigos? Yeah, because it's after nuclear don't, bomb blast. I'm just saying, don't they kind of already start out as kind of mutanty kind of ghosty so i didn't know things. anything about him until i played that game so i didn't actually realize that wendigo was like a cryptozoology <sighs> thing 
already. I would wager. I would wager to bet you still don't fucking know anything about him because Fallout's not known for you scientific know, accuracy or educational value. <laughs> anyway, Wendigo. Like I said, you're probably just because you heard about it on Fallout. I'm dubious to whether it's going to match. I'm up saying with, I don't uh, know shit. I know what they look like in Fallout, <laughs> and they're there. You go. They're hard to kill, like Steven Seagal. Hard to be around like Steven Seagal. Whew, what a scumbag. <laughs> so the Wendigo is from the uh, Great Lakes or uh, central region of Canada there. It may appear as a monster with human parts Yay. or a spirit of a person who has made it monstrous. Uh, it's mostly associated with cannibalism, murder, and insatiable greed. Like yeah. Republicanism. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So it translates to evil spirit that devours mankind. Like oh, so Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Yep. I was going to say, you literally just described Mitch McConnell. Like appearance. <laughs> like, yeah. Demeanor, all of it. Yes. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of known to the Algonquin tribes. It's associated with winter, cold, and the north, famine, and starvation. So Perfect. this is kind of the uh, morality lesson of not to eat your fellow man is... You might become a uh, Wendigo. Oh, good. Yeah. The Ojibwa describe it as a large creature, tall as a tree, lipless mouth, and jagged teeth, so he must be on meth. Yeah. Its <laughs> breathing has a strange hiss, so it also has asthma. Once again, Mitch McConnell, <laughs> lipless mouth, hissing, <laughs> reptilian fucking, yeah. Its uh, foot footprints are full of blood. Oh, good. So invite him into your new carpet. Mm-hmm. Well, it'd probably stay in the carpet just like your friends the other. Yeah. And it would eat any man, woman, or child in its territory. Uh, you're lucky to get eaten, though, because sometimes it, the uh, Wendigo would possess a person instead, and that person becomes a Wendigo, eating the other person's, or the same person's own loved ones. Ooh. Oh, that's so... Just imagine that. It's like, I love you, but I still have to eat yeah, you. Yeah, just slowly crying while in the dark while eating your mother's arm you know like over the sink yeah you've been reading my childhood diaries again so the legend state of wendigo or wendingo as i type it wendingo is create <laughs> it's created whenever a human resorts to cannibalism to survive Ooh, whenever tribes party. are stranded so basically it's a way to encourage moderation and cooperation between people not be an asshole. So otherwise, oh. you'll turn into a Wendigo. I'm afraid, though, that the, so far, you know, if you're a certain kind of dickhead, the Wendigo sounds pretty metal. So it, some people are like, yeah, I'm going to be a greedy fuck so I can turn into one of these. Ultimate cosmic mm. power. Right. Most dickheads are white people, though, so. Yeah, I suppose. You're <laughs> saying, I, you mean all I have to do is be a greedy fuck and I get turned into a cannibalistic super monster? Sold. So they are over 15 foot tall, glowing oh, eyes, long yellow fangs like the Marlboro Man. Fuck yeah. Claws and a long ass tongue like Gene Simmons. They have sallow yellow skin covered in matted hair and they can control the weather. Whoa, what? Well, to make it more cold and then you're going to starve oh, sure. and, you know... So they're gluttonous and starving at the same time. So if you look up picture, uh, people's renditions of them, they always have, they kind of look like me. They're skinny with a big gut. and uh, There you go. Yep. 
Well, I'm seeing a lot of um, I'm seeing a lot of uh, ones with elk heads too, and I notice you don't say anything about that because I do know a thing about them. Uh, that yeah, the description you're giving is the one that's pretty much off the Algonquin kind of legit ones. But I do know that Wendigo got grabbed into popular culture. Probably um, the first reference of it I can really remember is the Stephen King novel uh, Pet Cemetery. They talk about the Wendigo, and that's kind oh, of really? what part, part. Yeah, it's part of what gives the Pet Cemetery its power. And they describe it as like having antlers and being all huge and having like pustulant shit on it. And on the remake of it, I, I don't remember if they show it at all in the '80s Pet Cemetery movie. But this remake, they have it be a big deer head critter guy. So I know that's where that's coming from. But Will's actually doing the uh, the traditional description, which I think is cooler than, than from, this. Fuck. From the X-Men comics. Some from more, the X-Men comics. Yeah, some more legitimate yeah, well, things. Wasn't he like an enemy for... Yeah, I remember that one too. The X-Men uh, one looks like a Sam Squanch with horns. Mm-hmm. And he's white. And I think they had, yeah. him fight the, had him fight the Hulk or some shit. I think Wolverine mostly I saw. Sweet. And then of yeah, course Wolverine's Canadian. Oh yeah, that's right. They <laughs> fighting over fighting over all the beavers and maple syrup constantly. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um but the other film that comes to mind when you think Wendigo is the weird but kinda excellent uh Ravenous. Captain John Boyd is about to discover No one just ends up at Fort Spencer. We come for a reason. Yours being? Well, something he never imagined. We have a great sense of camaraderie here at Fort Spencer. <laughs> this Indian scout told me a curious story. Winged eagle. It's an old Indian myth from the north. Man eats the flesh of another. <gasps> he absorbs the other man's strength. Now, one man must choose. We need others. Between having dinner and being dinner, Guy Pierce. Ives! I'm gonna kill him. Robert Carlyle. He was tough, but then a good soldier ought to be. Jeffrey Jones. The, uh, I'll bring you into the fold. What's wrong? David Arquette. (laughs) Ravenous. Bon appetit. (laughs) I haven't seen that. That one is amazing, Tony, and you should watch it because it's set in the early 1800s, and it is an army post out in the middle of fucking nowhere, and it's got manned by a skeleton crew, and they're supposed to be kind of protecting the trade route. It's almost like the Bozeman Trail, like kind mm-hmm. of like a Fetterman kind of fort, but you know, the army is not interested in sending too many soldiers out there, so they kind of have a skeleton crew out there, and they find this dude who's been grievously injured and starving and freezing and shit, and they take him in, and as it turns out, he's a Wendigo. And oh, he, gets all the, he gets them to start eating each other and stuff. And, like, and the thing is, when, like, you eat the human flesh, you get, like, in their world, in this world, you, like, eat the human flesh, you know, like, you get healing factor, like Wolverine, and you get, like, strength and stuff. But, yeah, like Will's talking about, the you just want to keep eating human flesh because it makes you feel so good and powerful that you want to keep doing it. So the guy's idea is he wants to get everybody at the fort either to turn into a Wendigo with him, and then they're just going to eat uh, travelers that come through every once in a while because nobody will miss, like, a few missing mountain men and shit like that. Yeah. And it turns into a whole big struggle. But the guy that plays, like, the main Wendigo guy is the same guy from 28 or twenty-eight weeks later. Okay. Like, the the dad, who's also Begbie from uh, 
from oh. uh, train spotting. I'm not the type of cunt that goes looking for fucking bother like, but uh, at the end of the day, I'm a cunt with a pool cue and he could have a fat end in his puss anytime he fucking wanted like. And so watching that fucker all snarly and eating hands and stuff is Damn. great. Damn. Is it better than Troll Hunter though? Troll, troll Hunter oh, is fucking, fucking Troll dope. Hunter. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, there's a modern medical term named after the Wendigo. Really? It is a form of psychosis that creates an intense craving for human flesh. Oh, good. That's a uh, real thing? Yep, and it's said to occur around people living around the Great Lakes region. Uh, they also have a fear of becoming a cannibal, too, so even before that. So there is one documented case in 1878 where a Plains Cree trapper from Alberta named Swift Runner, he was married with five children, and he was still working for the HBC, which was still around and still is until mm-hmm. 1878. Uh, but during the winter, his family were starving with other Cree families. Uh, his eldest son starved to death first. So after that, Swift Runner killed and ate the rest of his family. Oh, of death. <laughs> shit. Fuck. <laughs> it's fine. I'll find another so, one. Uh, Wendigo was reported in the Lake of the Woods area in Minnesota, near Rosso. Uh, but uh, Lake of the Woods, aside from very northeast Montana, like Plentywood, is like the coldest place in the whole continental United States there. Really? Yep. That's, that's crazy. So they were reporting them as late as 1920 up there. And whenever one appears and an unexpected death occurs, imagine that. Oh, great. Correlation is um, not um, constipation. You said, oh wait, you said up until the nineteen. Consternation. You said up until the nineteen twenties. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christ. Okay. <laughs> uh, another well-known case was a guy named Jack Fiddler, who was an OG Cree chief, Ojibwa slash Cree chief. Uh, he was known for his Wendigo's fighting skills, and he actually cured fifteen people of uh, the affliction. You said Wendigo uh, fighting skills. I ima- I imagine him like training Wendigo to fight each other. Or I was thinking like he fight. you know g- gets into a bar fight with somebody and just immediately starts eating them. <laughs> like this is how I learned how to fight from the Wendigos. <laughs> but um, that's like Mike Tyson biting off an ear or something. Yeah, I, <gasps> I know. Yeah. Fuck. Maybe he learned from the Wendigo. But but basically yeah. that guy he pretty much what it sounds like he was like an exorcist is what it amounts to kind of. Mm-hmm. That's dope. So he was asked to kill one of his loved ones before they turned into a Wendigo. Uh, Jack's own brother became a Wendigo and was killed on a trading expedition when he wasn't around. Shit. Uh, And this was actually documented by HBC records, at least according to the internets. What the fuck? I always believe the internets. Yeah. Well, but that's the thing is, like we said, HBC keeps some pretty hefty records. Pretty meticulous notes. That would be a fun mm-hmm. one to try to uh, look up, because that's some crazy shit. But in 1907, Jack and his brother Joseph were arrested for murder. Uh, Jack commits suicide, but Joseph was tried and convicted. Uh, he was granted a pardon because, you know, he was a Wendigo and stuff. But he died three <laughs> days before he reached the, the word reached the prison. Whoa. Whoa. And even... Yeah. So he- Whoa. He got he he got off on like kind of like insanity, but it's like you know you're not guilty by reason of Wendigo. Yep. <laughs> but before they could tell him that he was pardoned, he died. Yeah. 
I'm just saying that fuck. that's like saying not guilty because of vampire. Is that that's kind of amazing? <laughs> it's not your yeah. fault. You were a vampire at the time, but you're good yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. You were a fucking lycanthrope or whatever. Yeah, that's that's kind of awesome. That's some Johnny Cochran lawyering right there. <laughs> Maybe I can demonstrate this graphically. I'm going to show you something. This is a knit cap. I'm going to put this knit cap on. And you've been seeing me for a year. If I put this knit cap on, who am I? I'm still Johnny Cochran with a knit cap. So the Assiniboine Cree and Ojibwe perform a dance to ward off the window go still. I am now definitely... Definitely, the dance has to be the safety dance. We can dance if we want to. We can leave your plan. The Wendigo sightings are still reported in northern Ontario, uh, near the cave of the Wendigo. Oh, that Kenora. sounds like a great place to go. It also sounds like erotic fan fiction. Cave of the Wendigo. Kind of. Yeah, yeah, a little bit. <laughs> I'm gonna eat by you Joe Meek. Raw. Yeah. <laughs> so if you want to have a uh, Wendigo experience, you go to Kenora, Ontario, Northern Ontario, or maybe you just don't do that. And you meet uh, Neil Young there, waiting to eat you because he looks like a spider. Pretty much. <laughs> That's all I have. That's pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, it's uh, yeah. That's a nice jolly, uh, kind of what I was looking for. Jolly holiday shit, just like that, you know. That's right. Monsters and other monsters. It always the other kind reason of... uh, not to eat your own kind is you get uh, mad cow disease. Yep. Yeah, pro- like, the uh, Papua, Yeah, Papua New Guinea, where they still had cannibals up until like the 60s or 70s. They would have the same, same uh, you know, symptoms. Symptoms. Of, of mad cow disease. So that's the lesson there. I guess it's kind of a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy, too, because you're getting all this mad cow disease shit from eating humans, and you get crazier and more monster-like, you know, and then you're more likely to keep eating more humans, I guess. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's true. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah. It's like a teaching kids, like, hey, don't do that shit. You turn into a monster. Yeah. All right, how the West was fucked, listeners. Yep. Who's ready to go jackalope hunting? Uh, Jackalwoods? Jackalopes, the legendary antlered hares of the American West. Hmm, I want to know more about these jackalopes. You're in luck. Now you too can learn everything there is to know about the jackalope with the new Field Guide to the North American Jackalope. Uh, it's a book? It's a field guide. Uh, it looks like a book. The Field Guide to the North American Jackalope is available on Amazon, Etsy, wherever else you might buy your breeches. Oh, uh, Walmart. Except Walmart. Get your copy now before heading out on your annual jackalope hunt. Oh, damn, I think I will. I love learning and I love science. Anyway, so that was fun talking about um, some little cryptozoology. Um, for the last thing I have prepared, we're gonna we've been talking a lot about mysterious creatures of the ice and snow, be they uh, paleontological or cryptozoological. But now we are going to talk about a person, and that person, Bigfoot, is is known by the name of Albert Johnson. However. It is very likely that that is not his name. So, we'll get into that. But have you ever heard of the name Albert Johnson, Tony? No, it sounds like an appliance store. Kind of does. 
Um, have you ever heard of the Mad Trapper of Rat River? No. That's the, that's his other name okay. that he's often, often known by. Um, of Rat River? The Rat River. Okay. It's up in, it's up in Canada. Um, um, I think it's uh, like Northwest Territories, I believe. But, um, okay, so in the... Uh, 1930-ish, like 1931 kind of uh, time frame, uh, there's a uh, place uh, up uh, by Fort McPherson. It's you know it's a, it's a real, it's a real uh, remote part of Canada. Uh, a lot of Native Americans live up there. Not a lot of white people. Only a couple of small towns, and you know there's a detachment of Mounties that it's pretty much like they have like four guys in charge of. Um, Policing like you know four thousand square miles of frozen mountainous shit, you know. Sure. And, and into this environment um, comes down the river a man in a canoe, goes into town, um, buy but you know doesn't really talk to anybody. But he goes to buy supplies and he seems to have plenty of money for supplies. And he buys a bunch of traps and he buys ammo and he buys uh, kidney pills and all this shit because he's going to go out and set up a cabin in the woods. Kidney but pills? Does, kidney pills. I, I couldn't find much more. Uh, well, we'll get to something of that, but apparently that's just some of the items. You know, got some flour, got some coffee, shit like that. Sure. No, normal kind of shit you're going to do if you're going to go become a woods recluse. But what he did not do, and which the uh, nearby Mounties uh, found kind of odd, because everybody out in this area gets a trapping license, because it's just the thing you do. I mean, the currency is basically fur and you're trapping like hares and shit to eat in the winter and all this right, stuff. Right. This guy d didn't bother doing that. And so the Mounties were kind of like, I wonder why he didn't do that. He's probably going to just poach. Why not get, he's got money. Why not get the license? Yeah. Cause every, you know, and, and of course it's kind of like small town cop shit where they're kind of like bored enough where this is the kind of shit they'd follow up on. Yeah. And, and also after a while, after this guy left town and went out to his stated objective, um, a lot of the native Americans in there were getting pissed off. Because they'd find their traps like sprung and like hung up in trees, so they're not catching anything. And they, the tra they're like they'd clearly, obviously, intentionally set off by like a person and sure. then put out. A, and they're like, it's probably this fucking new guy. What an asshole! You know, my livelihood is trapping all this shit, and he's yeah. fucking me up. And this, who's this interloping piece of shit? So um, the Mounties go out to um, kind of like. You know, go see go see what this guy's problem is you know and so it was um like the two indians that reported him was william william and edward snowshoes which you know clearly they're brothers or relatives but last name show snowshoes yeah probably native american for sure yeah. um but uh they showed up at this guy's little little camp okay and uh, he had kind of built like a little dugout cabin. It was apparently like uh, 10 feet by 8 feet. And so they knew where his camp was. And they sent um, Constable Edgar Millen was sent out to co question him, right? Well, and Millen goes out there uh, and they see the cat. Yeah, I think he has another guy with him. I'm trying to find the other guy's name. Oh, Con Constable King. Okay, so it's not Millen. Constable King and Constable Joe Bernard. So there's these two Mounties go out there to go talk to this guy. They knock on the door. I mean, there's like smoke coming out of it. So they know he's home. Knock on the door. Nobody says, who's there? Or anything. 
And then they go around and they're like peering in the window and the guy's in there and just like hangs a potato sack over the window as they're like looking at him. What the fuck? Like, like, like if you don't see me, you know, I don't no, exist. you know, and he just fucking ignored him. And they're like, well, what, what do we do? And it's like, well, we don't exactly have a warrant or anything, you know. And uh, but so they walked all the way back to the to while well, they're coming out of Fort uh, whatever the fuck. And they had to walk into a bigger town called Aklavik to get a search warrant, and that was about 128 kilometers away. Oh, shit. So they walk out to go get their search warrant, and uh, this was on the 28th of December, and they come back on the 31st of December with a couple more couple more dudes, uh, a couple more RCMP guys. Well, this time, uh, King knocked on the door and was instantly shot in the chest through the door. Whoa. From the inside. Mm. <laughs> And so the other cops started shooting the dog shit out of this cabin. But, you know, it's a log cabin. They're pretty good at pretty good at uh, shrugging off bullets and shit. But then they had to, you know, King was hurt, so they threw him on a dog sled and took him back to Alakvik, 128 kilometers away, so he could get medical attention. And he did survive. But then um, the police were like, because it's Canada, you know, I know crime exists in Canada, but they kind of get shocked when something that violent. I mean, that's kind of like... Um, an American tradition is sure, yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, there's pretty famous ones with the, the Mounties that in more modern days got shot up by a guy with a machine gun and shit. But you know, it's not often they'd have that kind of violent crime even in the old days here. But uh, so they're like, well, this fucking aggression shall not stand. Um, so they got Inspector Alexander Eames um, built up a posse, and Woo! so vigilance time, of, baby. They had a bunch of cops. And they had a First Nations guy whose name was Charlie Rat. Sick. That was, yeah. He's. He, I'm just picturing this guy with like a mullet. And I was like, saying, What's up, man? Yeah. R. But it's it's R A T T. T T. Yes. Yeah. He's like, I'll find this motherfucker for you, no problem, bro. Hop in the you Camaro, know. let's roll, bitch. Exactly. <laughs> so this party of guys go back out to the cabin, and you know. Well, while they were gone, Johnson uh, had kind of beefed up the cabin, oh. <laughs> made it made it made it a little less impermeable, and they kept on being like, "You know, come out with the hands up." And Johnson just started shooting the shit out of them. They kept on trying to storm the cabin, and he'd repel them with hails of gunfire from a lever action rifle and a shotgun. And they're like, "What the fuck?" So they got pissed off, and it was getting cold. It was like 43 degrees Celsius, and they're running out of food for their dogs and the men because you're burning a lot of calories standing out there in the snow like assholes. Yep. So what they did is they had brought uh, 20, uh, 20 kilos of dynamite with them. <laughs> and uh, they, they <laughs> stuck a bunch of it together and then like pretty much hooked it up onto the roof of the thing and blew that cabin in a new asshole. <laughs> you know. But, you know, they, they blew it up and then they kind of like tried to attack it. But Johnson somehow got out unscathed and unharmed. What the and, fuck? And had yeah fled off into the woods because they they blew up the cabin on January 10th, and they kind of like he was in there and kept on like shooting at him, and then they kind of ran out of food and shit, and then they went away back to Alakvik, and by the time they came back he was gone, but they knew he survived it because he was fucking shooting at him from the wrecked cabin, until they had to go in because it was fucking snowing basically. Fuck. And it was cold. So, of course, they started spreading that shit around town, and the public started calling him the Mad Trapper of Rat River. And this was during the Great Depression, so people kind of liked, loved the, uh, f the fuck the cops mentality that this guy had. Mm -hmm. And they were kind of, he kind of became a, a folk hero. 
Uh, the cops tried to make it seem like he's crazy, but everybody else just thought he was more like a badass, you know. So uh, they waited a little bit, and they got um, they got their shit together. Weather got a little better, and they went back after him. But of course, now he's not in his blown up cabin anymore. He is taken to full on John Rambling that shit. <laughs> um, they're they're find, they, oh, they found his trail with the help of Indian guides and shit like that, and they're using dogs and everything. But he's getting all clever and following like caribou trails, so his uh, his footprints melt in with theirs. And they're finding places where like he was setting up snares and catching like rabbits and shit to eat, and finding like little snow caves where he'd had a fire. But they, they just couldn't seem to catch up with him. But then uh, one of their um, First Nations guys uh, heard a rifle shot down in the valley. He's like, oh, it came forward. And he figured it's got, because there's going to be no other people in the part of Canada there. Right? right, yeah. They're, they're like chasing him, is, they're chasing him further and further for civilization. So they hear a rifle shot. He's like, it's got to be him like shooting a caribou or something. So they kind of start closing in on it in, in that way. Well, they up, they caught up, they caught up with him. He was, uh, I think, if I remember correctly, he's kind of in the middle of a frozen lake and trying to get to the wood line to hide from him. Uh, but they're like, "Hey, surrender!" And he just kind of like turned around and lit him up again, started shooting at him again. Damn, dude! And um, he shot the uh, melanin right through the heart and killed him. Like one of the, the the mounties killed the mountie like flat the fuck out. Oh no! And Gosh. but they then at this point. The posse kind of had him pushed up against a cliff. So they're like, okay, we've already lost one guy. We don't need to go in fucking bayonets fixed, charging. It's cold. He's We got him trapped. He's going to fucking surrender. Well, he didn't surrender. Instead, he climbed out of the up the cliff like fucking Spider-Man in the middle of the night and once again got away. <laughs> Holy shit, dude. Uh, <laughs> so, um, he, you know, he was doing shit like backtracking and like, you know, kind of like walking backwards in his own tracks and shit to throw him off and all this stuff. So finally, they called in. Uh, it was kind of it was kind of um, early days at this time for it, but they called in a guy with an airplane. Uh, the guy's name was Wilford Wop, in quotation marks. May is W O P. Fantastic. Uh huh. Super. Uh, but uh, he apparently he had what's called a Balanca monoplane, and I had to look up them. This is like some Spirit of St. Louis, Charles Lindbergh looking shit. It's one of those old ass planes where I think if it's sitting on the runway, you can't actually see the ground out of your windshield, which is like this fucking big anyway. You kind of got to stick like, your head out the like window to see. It's like a foot wide, right? Yeah, it's like a fucked up cardboard and hopes and prayers kind of looking <laughs> airplane that somehow they could haul people around. Because so I'm picturing this guy just landing on rivers and landing on uh, lakes and shit. But uh, um, was it? It was a seaplane. It had like pontoons. No. Oh, no, okay. absolutely not. But oh. the rivers are all frozen. Oh, like right. A foot thin. Yeah, 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 you okay. can you can land a jumbo jet on that shit. But um, it's just crazy. And apparently, this guy had been a uh, World War One uh, flying ace who actually was in the battle. He didn't shoot down the Red Baron, but he was in the battle where the Red Baron got shot down. Whoa, tight. So this so, so this pilot knew what the fuck he was on about. But eventually, uh, I'm glad they shot you know, the Red flying, Baron down so he could go on to invent pizza, make pizza. Yeah, bet. Um, but either which way, he kept on kind of like doing a grid pattern, looking for the trails, but he'd think it's the human trail, but it's fucking caribou or wolverines or whatever. But finally, um, you know, there was a blizzard. They had to land the plane for a little bit. But three days later, they found tracks going over 
the entire Richardson Mountain range. Like while they were dicking around hiding from the blizzard, he just fucking this guy was just climbing over the top of a fucking mountain range to get it's away. T one thousand. I that's what I'm picturing. You know, it's like holy shit, man. But either which way, uh, finally, finally, Wop is flying around and he sees. Uh, apparently, he picks up the trail. Uh, it just says where the Eagle and Bell Rivers join. I don't know where the fuck that is, but it's in a big part of Canada. Uh, but then it was foggy, so they got basically allowed the foot party to kind of get to where he saw him with the plane and get in there. And uh, they left kind of like um, the advance party left like little arrows made out of sticks so the rest of the posse could kind of track them. So they're basically like just converging on this dude. And finally, um, they over they caught up with him. And so, of course, you know, lay down your gun, you know, all that shit. No, he immediately just takes off his backpack, lays down behind it, and starts fucking shooting at him again. I don't know how much ammo this fucking guy had on him either. Yeah, no shit, dude. It, he's like strapped, you know. So uh, then he shot uh, the guy in charge of the, or one of the guys in charge of the search party, shot him, but not fatally. And then... Um, the posse kind of flanked him on either side and finally, finally caught him in a crossfire, shot the shit out of him. Uh, the bullet that killed him probably severed his spine. And there is a great fucking picture of his frozen-ass corpse that is smiling like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> that, I'm a, that I was going to save earlier, but I'll save it real quick and send it to you. I mean, it's... It he fucking sounds like you you nailed it on the head when you said uh, John Rambo cuz like this guy was probably oh, yeah. like he was probably a fucking like you know a, a World War 1 vet that had like shell shock and shit. Well we're yeah, we're not done here yet, but oh, that's shit, okay. what's speculated. Yeah. Cuz like I said they keep on saying this guy's Albert Johnson. Uh as it turns out it's not, but nobody quite knew who the fuck it actually is. Yeah. They figured it out and it wasn't this guy Albert cuz uh, like people had said this guy kind of has a, um, they said he had kind of like what sounded like a slight Scandinavian accent and um, um, just all these distinguishing features. Like he kind of walked hunchbacked and shit like that. And people that knew the real Albert Johnson's like, that doesn't sound like Albert at all. You, this is not Albert. I don't know who it is, but this is not our guy that we've run into. So you got the wrong man. You got to figure out who this weird criminal is. So, um, they did, uh, kind of autopsy on him, which I don't understand why you need that, because you know you shot the shit out of him, so he's dead from that. Uh, but he, when he was, after these weeks of running away from in the woods, he still had $2,400 in Canadian currency what on him. fuck? That he somehow managed not to get all waterlogged, and that's a lot of money for the 1930s. Yeah. For sure. Uh, he had 10 bucks in American currency. Uh, he had five pearls of low value, like he's a fucking pirate. I don't know, you know. <laughs> he had a small amount of gold that included uh, pieces of dental work, like probably teeth he pulled out of corpses, possibly. Oh, shit. Or Ooh. something. Um, but what he didn't have is any kind of identification. Uh, his fingerprints didn't match any fingerprints on file in Canada or in America. Uh, they're like, what the fuck? Um, they've made, uh, I, I watched a movie, they did a thing on, uh, Discovery Channel a few years back where they redid a post-mortem of his corpse again and tried to do DNA testing, and I can't remember if they ever figured out who it was, but they did figure out that the body was either an American or somebody from, I think, Sweden, 
or Scandinavia, you know, when they did the DNA test, they were like, okay, so that lends credence to, like, he had a, a Scandinavian accent. But it's never been um, proven one way or the other who this guy actually was. Whoa. Um, there was there was a criminal from, literally from North Dakota called, um, I think it was something Johnson, that somebody claimed it was him. But it turns out that wasn't right. I mean, there's just a lot of speculation. It's just some fucking weird guy that came out of the wilderness, had the cops check up on him, kind of Ruby Ridged that, or I guess opposite of Ruby Ridged that shit, <laughs> and then did the motherfucking fugitive slash John Rambo. Yeah. And then was unceremoniously shot. Oh, and another thing, he had those kidney pills in his pocket, apparently. So he must have had something wrong. I don't know. Yeah. That's why I said kidney pills at the beginning of the shit. Yeah, but it's just Fuck. did you get the did you get the picture of the I grinning did. frozen corpse? I did. Isn't that some some charming shit? Yeah. Oh god, but uh, just yeah, uh, just uh, it's almost like a DB Cooper kind of thing. That's what I was Only thinking. With, yeah, with, with a lot less money and just crazy. Like all this shit is happening in December and January. That's fucking nuts. In uh, northern Canada. Yeah. And with 1930s gear, like, there's no Gore-Tex. There's no thermal fleece and Polar-Tex shit. It's like wool and flannel and long johns. I mean, it sounds like Dick Prenicky read this guy's book and then was like, yeah, except for the except for the violence and the yeah, crime. It, it, it's like if Dick Prenicky broke bad is what yeah, it amounts to. Yeah, totally, totally. Um, yeah, no, it, it sounds like he, like, committed a crime and then was just, like, on the run forever after that. That's or... been the theory. That was the theory. Well, like you, like, you brought up, since this guy was, like, just sniping people yeah. and apparently just layering down withering fire and shit like that, there's a lot of speculation that he was a World War One vet that kind of moved out to the woods to escape his demons or whatever. Yeah. Um, but there's no record of him. And You know, you know what? And, and then... You know what? He fucking, uh... When you buy a, when you get a trapping license, do you you got to well, give them a name and shit, right? Right, which That's is why clearly he didn't why it. why he wouldn't do it. Totally. But, I mean, you're in fucking Canada. Give them a fake name. It's 1932 in the middle of Canada. Well, right. Uh, hey, I'm, I'm Jim Johnson. Well, do you have a driver's license? No. And in those days, like even if you had a driver's license, it was usually like a typed out piece of paper. Didn't even have your picture. Yeah, without on it, a picture on it. Fucking fingerprints. You know. Yeah. Yeah. He, he basically. I think he could have done a lot better not to draw suspicion to himself, like especially when the cops are looking in the window and you just hang a gunny sack in front of them. Like, yeah, sure. Well, if I don't I think, see you, you're not there. Uh, you know, probably probably out of World War One, probably fucking PTSD'd, and also has a problem with authority. So he's like, fuck your trapping license, fuck you. I'm yeah. going to go to the woods and trap shit. Eat oh, shit, dumb dumb. I found a picture of his cabin after it got dynamited. Oh, sweet. Send that shit to you. It sucks, too. You know, like I said, it's only in a... It's a ten by eight cabin, so um, it's a storage unit. It's worse than that. Well, especially after it's blown up real good. Oh Jesus! They blew the fuck Ooh. out of that thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, I just uh, with just the uh, you know my typical Google searches that find me weird shit. Uh, just by typing in Mad Trapper, I'm directed to oh, it's a buffet. Tell me it's a buffet. No, <laughs> it is a page called Indiana Gun Owners. <laughs> <laughs> um, and the and the last crusade there is a weird yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there there is a post by user 
in the Yuki that says Grandmaster, which I I don't I don't really like that nope. necessarily. But uh, anyway, um, is this man knew his bushcraft? Great example of a survival skill. Dot dot dot. Four four dots after each. And then there's a drawing that looks a lot like they tried to draw the frozen snarling face of him and make it look alive. Yeah. It literally just looks like Jack Nicholson. Looks just like Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and then it says, uh, the Mad Trapper, he's dynamite proof and blizzard proof. He's faster than the wind. His secret identity still remains unknown. He is Super Wild Man. Super which, Wild which, Man. Which, which almost reads like some kind of fucked up haiku. Yeah, almost. Uh, or, the, or the tagline to a fucking movie. Yeah. But as it turns out, that's kind of the beginning of a, a, a kind of a blog posty thing where I think it's in Ontario. No. Because I've seen pictures before, and this is better pictures of um, in the Royal Canadian Mounted Police Museum, in, in one of the museums, his gear is in there. Oh, um, cool. So I'm, I'm seeing a picture of he had a pail that clearly shows that it was shot in one of the exchanges. Um, they got his snowshoes, his axe, and then his arsenal of guns. And the one is, I can't remember, they're like, I think they were a Remington leverage. They're kind of a more modern re like leverage. I'll just say the picture of this. But he clearly had, oh, I'm going to send the picture because I want to see you react to this janky Fallout looking arsenal. Guess what? Uh, There's also a 1972 film star starring Charles Bronson about this. Really? Lee Marvin, Angie Dickinson, and Carl Weathers. What? Holy sh sh shit. Is it a period? Star it takes place in the 30s? Star-studded event, that one. Yep. They fight for the same cause. They live by the same code. But now, the law has made them enemies. Death Hunt, based on the true story of one of the greatest manhunts ever. If anybody's going to bring Albert Johnson in, it's going to be me, not some bounty hunter or a fly boy bucking for promotion. Okay, look at these fucking guns that I just sent you. Oh, shit. Like, Whoa, what the fuck? Talking, wait, wait. Like, looks, one of them looks to be oh, like it's actually called Death Hunt, sorry. Death Hunt? Death Hunt. Oh yeah, Charles look at Bronson one. that that little short gun in the middle. What the fuck that, is that? Okay, that appears to me to be a 20, 22 caliber rifle that has had the stock cut off and significantly, the fucking, and the barrel cut down. Oh that oh that other one, that really short one. Yeah, no, that's like a that's like a twelve gauge break action shotgun where he's removed the stock entirely and has cut the barrel down to like oh three inches maybe. Yeah. It could, oh, be a 20, it, it could be a 20-gauge. It, it doesn't quite look big enough to be a 12-gauge. But can you imagine firing that fucking thing? Yeah, what are you doing with that? I think breaking it, your wrist. It you are breaking your wrist immediately. It must be that way, it must be that way so he could pack it, right? It's ab it absolutely is, but I'm just saying, first of all, it's a break action. So every time you shoot it, that barrel's going to get hotter and hotter. And you're going to have to go, like, kick Jesus. on that hot-ass barrel... Shell pops out, popping another shell, and just continues shooting at Mounties, apparently. That is some Mad Max shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, and like you were saying, uh, that fucking bolt-action uh, rifle, that's... Yeah. You cut the fucking... Cut the whole stock off of that, too. Like, what do you... How are you gonna... Yeah. How are you firing holding, that? 
Yeah, you're shooting it like a pirate musket. Yeah, you know? totally. Yeah, like you said, this guy's the T-1000, man. Seriously. It's all them fucking liver oh, pills, like, dude. I guess. Hopped up on liver pills. All right, anyway, uh hope everybody enjoyed our little... Uh, you know, we kind of got away from some some of the... I felt like we were doing some pretty heavy topics there, especially with Tony getting PTSD from the Blood on the Marias stuff. But yeah, uh, this was kind of an attempt to uh, liven up the uh, the holiday mood, even yeah. though most of us are some eggnog alone, and hail a gunfire. You know, not able to travel and do shit, but... Not able to go out oh, and eat people? Yeah. Because well, you're home alone? Then, well, we'll get there. If they don't pass that stimulus package pretty quick... <laughs> they'll be um, eating people in no... There'll be many, they'll be some, many they'll Wendigo. Be some people, right? Or we'll all be having to live like the Mad Trapper and just like snaring rabbits and eating caribou shit and running around in the woods with our 10-pound-a-piece snowshoes. I still can't believe that shit. That's nuts. Can I see your um, chopping license? Here's uh, my fucking chopping license. Yep. <laughs> 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 That dude, that's script writing. We're gonna we're gonna write a script and we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna make that movie. Yes. Fuck. And at the at the end of the movie, Wild Bill's gonna get shot in the head, the right way. Yep. Well, okay. So it's a time travel thing. Well, that's the other one we had to do. So. Oh, we got to do that one yeah. too. Well, I, yeah. Oh yeah, I forgot about yeah, I forgot about that. Or the movie can start with that, and then we can. It's like, you know, like eighteen whatever eighteen eighty six, and yeah. then you have Wild Bill get shot. And then, uh, like, present flash day. For, flash forward to 1931. 1931, yeah. yeah. For no reason. Flash forward and to a completely different geographic region of the planet <laughs> yeah, with completely unrelated people. <laughs> perfect. Perfect, Tony. You're a master. Area 51 in Studio 54. All right. Any which way, uh, we will be back with more normal show. You know. Sometime in the future. Yeah, sometime. Uh, <laughs> if we don't see you before then, uh, everybody have a safe and happy Christmas or whatever holiday you do. And oh, yeah, you'll probably oh, hear from oh. us before the new year, so I won't even say happy new year yet. Because um, also, it'll probably suck again yeah. next year, so yep. I'm fucking over it. But anyway, let's go out and hail a gunfire unless anybody has anything else to add. So. Hail me, gunfire. Hail me. Oh, cool. Nelson, Nelson, my